The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. Attention! The Sci-Fi Geeks Club is next! Please, stand by. Live streaming provided by Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Video. Visit tunein.alphageekradio.com to learn more. Hear ye! Hear ye! Another meeting of the Sci-Fi Geeks Club is officially called to order. Well, it looks like you all gave the proper secret knock and password, so you may enter the clubhouse. I'm President Dave Nelson, here for another meeting of the Sci-Fi Geeks Club podcast with Brad Ludwig. Hello, Brad. Hello. And our guest this week is the host of the Comic Timing Podcast, which just celebrated its 10th year... We're only on five, Brad. The Galactic yeah. Netcast Network's only on five. We, we got, got some, a ways to go. Got some catching up to do. Uh, he's also one of the editors for The Uniques and Rainbow in the Dark, two comic series written and drawn by Comfort Love and Adam Withers. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Geeks Club, Ian Levenstein. Ian, how you doing? Hey, guys. Happy Thursday. <laughs> the week's almost over. Yeah, we got that going for us, right? Yeah, right. All right, we're going to talk to you in a little bit here, but first, let's start with the news. Headline news of vital, significant events from every corner of the earth. Spoken news brought into your home, your office, even into your car as you speed along the highway. This is the news. All right. Um, this was pretty cool. I had to, I had to mention this. This comes from Blaster. Uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew VR game trailer revealed at E3. The big E3 conference was this week, and all the big games, well, big, small, and anywhere in between, was revealed. And the video features Star Trek alums LeVar Burton from Star Trek The Next Generation, of course, Jerry Ryan, 7 of 9 on uh, Star Trek Voyager, and Carl Urban from um, the J.J. Abrams universe getting immersed in a mission using the Oculus Rift and Oculus Touch controllers. The upcoming title sees you and three of your friends playing as members of the New Federation Starship crew, where you'll have to work together to pilot the ship by assuming different bridge positions in the multiplayer game, including Captain, Engineer, and Tactical. The new Star Trek game will be set in the J.J. Abrams rebooted alternate timeline movie universe, which kicked off in 2009. Star Trek Bridge Crew will be available on all VR platforms in the fall of this year. So what do you guys think of this? Have uh, either of you seen the video for this game? I did, yeah. I, I saw it when it when it uh, first wound up uh, on the uh, stream. Uh, that was uh, was was that the PlayStation stream? I'm trying to remember uh, where that premiered first. I'm not exactly uh, sure. Yeah, but uh, it it looks really cool. Uh, the only thing about uh, VR though is I can barely play 3D games without getting dizzy. So I I don't think I'll get I'll be any better when it comes to VR. Well, I mean that may change. They may get better. Because I, I know that was one of the complaints early on of the Oculus Rift, but it's gotten better. And I, I, I hear that, uh, what, what, are this, what are a couple of the other ones? It's um, Oculus, there's, isn't there a PlayStation VR? PlayStation VR is one of them, yeah. Uh, there's, uh, ooh, uh, Go- I mean, Google, uh, I mean, Samsung has theirs, uh, Google has their uh, cardboard. Uh, that, that they've been using, just to, which is just a general uh, uh, Android VR program. And, uh, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of them all coming out at the same time now. Yeah, and there's one that's, like, a lot cheaper than the other ones, and I forget which one that is. What's, what's the – there's a phone company that's building one. Samsung uh, has, has well, one no, uh, no, that's, that's yeah, coming out. Okay, I thought there was another one, too. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm mistaken. But yeah. what, what, did you, what did you think of the video? I, it looked pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it, it felt like you were right there on a, on a starship, which, I mean, it is sort of every single nerd's dream in some ways. Uh, and, and, I mean, you know, LeVar Burton seemed as, as into it as, as anybody else. I mean, he, he fell back into his, uh, his Geordie uh, uh, mannerisms pretty easily. But uh, I guess it's a uh, wait, wait to be seen what it looks like, uh, you know, with some average schmo on the, uh, on the deck as opposed to LeVar. He had the jargon down. He he was like playing the part, man. I I was really yeah. uh, really impressed. <laughs> Brad, what do you, what do you think of this game? Do, are, is this something? Is this something that would um, 
cause you to save some money up to buy one of those uh, headsets? Not quite enough. What would I, it take? What would it take, Brad Ludwig? Uh, to have my garage repairs and my furnace paid off. Oh, so you have <laughs> life. AC. You have life yeah. priorities. <laughs> yes, we're about to uh, spend quite a bit of money to uh, make some repairs to the homestead. Well, I think I think there's an opportunity here for arcades to make a comeback because this seems like something that's out of reach for a lot of people. And I could see, like, if you had a, a good old old-fashioned video arcade with a bunch of VR headsets and some cool games, I think you could uh, you could make some money. I mean, it's funny you mention that because uh, back in the day uh, in Brooklyn, uh, there was this place called Funtime USA. This uh, this arcade out in uh, the Sheepshead Bay area of Brooklyn that I used to go to all the time, and they they had a VR game like right in the center, like one of those really old ones where it was like you were on a roller coaster, yeah, and you got to experience that with the headset. Uh, I could easily see that, you know, coming back in some ways. It's just uh, you, you got you got to have enough. Uh, of something else to drive people in, like that can't be the only thing that, that that brings you back to the arcades. You need something more. Well, you could, you know, you could make. Uh, I think a couple of years ago when they first introduced the Oculus, Oculus, they had this like um, unidirectional kind of like um, treadmill. So it mm-hmm. it made you feel like you were actually like you could run, you could walk, you, you could move around in the game without actually moving around your room. I think something like that to make you feel even more like you were in whatever game you were in. That could, huh. that could be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, uh, in fact, now that now that I, now that I remember it, uh, there was an Engadget event uh, in New York that I went to uh, where I, I got to play uh, a version of uh, Paperboy uh, in it, with, <laughs> it, with using the Oculus headset. So, oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. So like you're pedaling on the bike and you're throwing your papers <laughs> like, with with your uh, body movements and all that. Oh I mean, it's, wow! It's it's certainly a way to exercise. It's just uh, <laughs> you know uh, how how many times a day are you going to wind up doing that? I spent so much money playing Paperboy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's uh, it's such an exciting game too. Oh, it is. You're delivering the paper. Oh, but you can like vandalize houses and hit. You know, people wandering down the street and hit cars as they're backing out of their, you know. So it's the uh, suburban. Driveways. It's the suburban version of um, what was the, what was the game where you steal the cars and and uh, kill the hookers? Oh, Grand, Grand Theft Auto. Grand, Grand Theft, Theft Auto. Auto. <laughs> it's like yeah, it, it's the prequel to the Grand Theft Auto games. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see where this uh, this whole VR thing goes. But I'm pretty excited about uh, the Star Trek uh, Bridge Crew. All right. Uh, let's get to know our guest a little bit. Again, it's uh, Ian from the Comic Timing Podcast. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about t- uh, Comic Timing. What's it all about? What do you guys? I'm guessing you guys talk about comic books, right? That is our main focus. Yeah, I mean, we'll occasionally do comic book adjacent. Like, uh, there's an episode coming out uh, pretty sh- pretty soon where we talk a little bit late about uh, Civil War and and you know uh, other uh, other movies that have come out like X Men Apocalypse. But uh, for the most part, we're a comic to basically a, ro- a rotating panel discussion podcast. Uh, me and my uh, longtime co-host Frank Casina, who uh, lives out in Orlando, just uh, get on and talk with a couple of buddies and you know whatever's of interest to us of late we just you know go ahead and talk about whether it's a you know latest stuff we've read or whether it's uh you know big uh, comic book news that's come out of late and uh you know we we go from there very casual very uh very laid back show and uh yeah been doing it for 10 years now uh hard to believe but you know time flies when you're having fun yeah exactly i can't believe it's been five years since uh, we started this network uh, yeah, time does definitely fly. So, what are you more of a, a DC guy or a Marvel guy or somewhere in between or both? I, you know, it's funny you mention that. Uh, I've been for years now. I've been more of a Marvel guy. DC, uh, after the whole uh, New Fifty Two thing, lost me for a bit, Thank and uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm sort of crawling myself back into DC now. Um, I, I'm actually going to talk about that a little later in the show. Uh, with, uh, with one of the things I've been reading of late. But I grew up mostly a Marvel guy, discovered DC, 
sort of went back to Marvel and with all the movies and everything, it's it's hard to not love Marvel comics. But uh, I'm also you know into a lot of indie stuff, like a whole bunch of indie uh, about a, a whole bunch of Image comics, you know, Dark Horse, IDW here and there. Uh, been trying to like diversify my reading over the past couple of years, uh, past just superheroes. Are you a fan of the CW DC universe? Oh, I sure ha- I sure am. Uh, a heck of a lot more than their movie universe, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was not a big fan of Man of Steel, was not a big fan of Batman v Superman, but uh, The Flash and Arrow and uh, got into Supergirl after a while, and uh, The Legends of Tomorrow isn't great, but it's, it's enough to at least catch my interest, so freaking love that stuff. We're going to talk about that more about that in here in a second, but first, got to tell us about the uh, being an editor of... Uh, they're online comics, I'm, I'm guessing, right? They're actually both. Uh, they, uh, they they distribute them uh, online, uh, you know, issue by issue uh, for for very cheap. Actually, uh, issues are up on uh, on I think drive through comics for ninety nine cents a piece, and they also put it up on Comicsology now uh, recently. But uh, at Comfort Love and Adam Withers, uh, they basically half the conventions in the country they wind up at like these guys are nuts wow. like literally adam and comfort are traveling all the time to go to different uh, uh comic book conventions in fact i believe they're heroes con uh, the weekend that we're recording this uh so if you're you know if you're down there go ahead and check them out but uh they have uh physical copies of rainbow in the dark and actually the trade paperback for the first volume of the uniques is coming out now if i remember correctly uh recently solicited in diamond and I've been I've known them for about eight years, uh, give or take. I met them at Megacon uh, uh, in Orlando and uh, became good friends. And when they put out Rainbow as a as a miniseries, they needed somebody to help them out with their editing. So me and uh, and a friend of mine and a couple friends of theirs just you know sit back and look at their look over their scripts and tell them how how to do it better. <laughs> what, That's basically what being an editor is all about. What are they about? What what's the uniques and uh... What what are they about? <laughs> Tell us a little bit well, more. The the is their take on the superhero genre. Um, basically, uh, and it's set in the '90s. Uh, so uh, essentially, this this big this huge cataclysm happens, and all of the major superheroes, I guess you know, you could say the Justice League equivalent of that world, are all dead, and uh, you're left with what I what I guess you consider the to sort of be the Teen Titans equivalent. And uh, you're, tra- you're traveling with them as they learn to grow and evolve as superheroes and, you know, try to keep the world afloat without all of the big names. And uh, they, they worked on that for years and then uh, took a break, wound up doing Rainbow in the Dark, uh, and uh, now, are now going back to the Uniques and basically taking what they learned on Rainbow and redoing uh, the Uniques from the ground up. Like, you know, redoing a whole bunch of the art, uh, fleshing out the story and re-releasing it almost as a director's cut. Uh, and that's what's been coming out of late. Um, and they do both art and story. They trade off uh, back and forth on pages and stuff like that. And it's it's really cool. And basically, if you're a fan of, uh, of you know, stuff like DC's Justice League or, you know, the Avengers and stuff like that, you'll probably uh, dig the uniques. Rainbow in the Dark is awesome. It is all about... Uh, music like essentially it's a world sort of like pleasantville where uh all of the color in the in the world has been taken away and uh the the main character uh discovers that there's a lot more than than what she is aware of that there is color in this world and uh she winds up uh teaming up with a bunch of freedom fighters to try and essentially get the color back in the world and uh, it's a it's a mini series so uh, it's all been collected at this point and uh, very easy to pick up either from them or online. Do any of the characters look like Ronnie James Dio? <laughs> uh, there, there are references out the wazoo to uh, to their their favorite songs and their favorite uh, musicians, but uh, none of them quite look like Dio. Now, <laughs> I, I knew there was a connection there. Some I knew there had to be a connection there. Oh yeah, please, and, and 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 trust me, like as as their editor, like at times I had to tell them to like you know dial it down a little <laughs> bit on the on the references because they were going a little bit too. Heavy. That's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, if you're if you're a fan of like seventies rock, uh, this is totally up your alley. Cool. All right, well, thanks again, Ian, for uh, being on uh, as our guest this week on the Sci-Fi Geek Club. Let's continue yes. with the news from Time Magazine. Which superhero is the best? Well, we now know because of science. 
a uh, seven-year study at the University of Leicester. Light, light. Do you guys know how to pronounce that? I think it's Leicester. Leicester. University of Leicester has used scientific research to answer the age-old question, which superhero is the best? Using scientific principles to examine the feasibility of the powers behind renowned comic book superheroes, students ranked everyone from Superman to The Flash on their probability of being able to win a fight. Win win a fight, yeah. Uh, Research concluded that, of course, we kind of saw this coming, Superman is best equipped the best equipped superhero, uh, thanks to his super flare attack and his Wrong! high density muscle <laughs> tissue. Well, fellow, okay, just wait. Let me get through this. Then we can do, <laughs> we can express. You can ex- express your opinion there, Brad. Uh, okay. While fellow superheroes Wolverine, Thor, and Mystique are also classed in the upper tier of Crusaders, thanks to their accelerated regenerative abilities high energy output, and being a, uh, capable of gene manipulation. Let's see. Um, the most destructive superhero title goes to the Black Bolt, whose high energy output is capable of resulting in planetary annihilation. However, anti-hero Batman was named the most ill-equipped, which probably comes as no surprise to anyone considering what? the Dark Knight has to rely on his wits and a cape as, as opposed to superhuman powers. So, uh, who, who did they actually poll? This is crap. <laughs> it's all science, Brad. Science. Science my ass. <laughs> There's a reason why it's called science fiction. You're supposed to suspend your belief, your, your belief a little bit. Batman could kick the ass of half of the superheroes out there just yes. with his wits and and what he has at at his disposal. Come on. And the uh, oh, I can't remember who wrote. I think it was Morrison who was writing Justice League at the time, the Tower of Babel story arc, where he had actually like compo- put together a dossier on all the heroes on the Justice League and how to defeat them. And hmm. somebody used it and took them all out. Wow. So I um, thought I thought Squirrel Girl was like the most powerful superhero. That's in Marvel. I know, but no, this is this is all of them. The study was all of the superheroes. Well, see, what, what this is is this is people who don't necessarily read comics, and they somebody probably provided them with a list of names and said, "Who's oh, yeah. the best?" I suppose they have just the big ones, basically. Although Black Bolt's not really that popular. No, no he, and, he's he's not, and and I that that's why that's I'm curious as to how exactly he got on this list. Plus, Mystique isn't even a superhero. I mean, unless unless you're going by the X Men movies, which I, yeah. I guess this, this thing probably is. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. So, who do you guys think is would be like the most? Do do you, do you agree that Superman is the the most powerful? Well, he doesn't have that 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 flare ability anymore. So I would kind of question uh, when they did that. That Superman is now dead. That's the so... new Fifty Two Superman, right? <laughs> that Superman <laughs> is now dead. So. Obviously, his super flare attack was crap. It did nothing for him because you know, he's I, dead. I'm going to go ahead and throw a curveball into all of this. I think Invincible is stronger than anybody. I yeah, I'd give you that. Can can for for us for us people that may not know who you're talking about, can you explain what that character is? Well, in, in, Invincible is uh, is Robert Kirkman's uh, take on uh, on the superhero uh, and. And he he is a uh, a half human half viltrumite. Uh, viltrumites are are this uh, alien race. Uh, his, his dad was one, and you know he wound up coming to Earth and you know uh, starting a family, and, and he wound up uh, coming out of it. But uh, with 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 all of the issues of Invincible that have come out and the things I've seen uh, Mark be able to do, uh, I, I think he'd be able to kick the butt of most superheroes. Okay, all right. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to a related story, and we kind of teased this a few minutes ago. Uh, Supergirl, Superman has been found. It's actor Tyler Hecklin, I think is how you pronounce it, Tyler Hecklin, and his take on the iconic character will debut at the very beginning of season two of Supergirl. The actor and character will be in at least two episodes, and they're, they're thinking that he's going to be in the first two and then maybe show up later on in the season, you know, come back for the show. Because they're not gonna, they're not gonna just. I mean, to get a character like Superman, 
you can't just have him on for two episodes. He's no. got to come back. Well, I, you know, I, I think that's one of the issues that if you're going to do a Supergirl show, you have to walk the line of, yes, you need to acknowledge that she is Superman's cousin. He probably needs to make an appearance, but he can't show up too much because yeah. then I think that viewers uh, will kind of think, well, why, you know, he should be in it more often. And it, I, I think that's a, a weird line that they have to kind of ride to do the show properly. Yeah, he's going to show up for the big, like, when she needs him, I'm guessing. Yeah, which which is the way to do it because if if you rely too heavily on on Superman, there's no reason to have the show be called Supergirl anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might have changed it to Super Family or something like that. And, <laughs> and, and I I feel like we get enough Superman. The whole point of Supergirl was to give us something a little bit different, uh, you know, to get to the the younger uh, female take of the, of the Super Family. And I, I I think that that if you rely too heavily on Superman, you're going to lose that a lot. I wonder if he's gonna. Do you guys think he's gonna show up in the the big Fortnite crossover on no. on the CW? No, that would well, that would take away from Supergirl. Honestly, if he, I, if he yeah. is in that, it's gonna it's it's gonna mess with things too much. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I if I were to lay odds, I think what what how they finished up the Flash season is probably going to play into the introduction of her. Yeah, coming into their universe, I have a feeling. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with you. I think it's gonna be it's gonna solve the problem that the whole they were on different Earths, but now they will be on the same Earth. They, she'll that, be. They, they haven't said that yet. Uh, in fact, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they remain on separate Earths. I mean, the way that uh, Flash set it up is that you know there's Earth two, there's Earth three, there's there could be as many Earths as you really want. <laughs> All they have to do is just cross over. Yeah. Well, you're right. Except they've kind of made it harder to kind of go in between. So it'd be kind of how would you get Ali and the rest of the team that you know? I, I don't know. I don't. They would have to really have a good plan for that because that could get weird real One quick. One really big cosmic treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, hop on board. Yeah, we can we can speculate all we want, but we won't yeah. really know until. Um, this fall. fall, yeah. So, just in case you were wondering, Hecklin starred in uh, Richard Linkletter's 1980s set baseball comedy, Everybody Wants Some. He's also been on Teen Wolf. He appeared on Seventh Heaven as a young teenager. And he also played Tom Hanks' son in Road to Perdition. Oh, that was him. Yep. Huh. Interesting. Yep. That, that, that actually makes me feel old, considering, you know... <laughs> yeah, it does. Me too. How, how young he was in that. But I, do you guys think he might be a little bit too young to be playing Superman? Uh, I, I kind of imagine him to be a little bit older. I don't think he's supposed to be too much older than Kara. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, the, the nice thing about what CW does is they don't try to be too close to the comics and and I think it's a point of pride for them um, so I think the way they've structured this they did structure it like in the comics in that you know Superman arrived first and that's how they're you know there's they're closer in age than they were before um, so maybe they just have it you know that he didn't uh, you know he didn't arrive that far ahead of her, so I mean, I I I think that they can easily work around that. Um, Plus, the uh, the cynical part of me is that uh, because they're the CW, he has to be uh, young and attractive. <laughs> well, there is that too. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Okay, real quick before we get into our uh, third story, uh, don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter, join our Facebook group, or like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, like. Um, we do all of our shows. They all appear on YouTube. You can either watch us live on YouTube or watch them later uh, by joining us or just uh, subscribing to our channel on YouTube. We have handy-dandy links on our website. Uh, the very upper right-hand corner of every page, you'll see the familiar logos of all the social networks. Just click on those, and that's that'll take you to where we are on those social networks. And our website is gncasts.com, G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com. All right, third and final story from io9, new Star Wars perfumes. Finally tell us what Jedi are meant to smell like. 
<laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be uh, getting my credit card out after the show and doing some ordering. You know, funny funny thing for the past uh, three or four years, I have been using Captain America cologne. Really, I didn't know that was a thing. Yep, it's it's unofficial. Uh, obviously, it's not uh, you know Marvel sanctioned, but uh, I think it's called Power, if I remember correctly, and it has a giant uh, you know Captain America shield on it. So it's supposed to apparently be what Steve Rogers smells like. Sweet. Do you uh, do you develop powers after a while? Uh, if 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 you do, it must be really delayed because it hasn't actually happened <laughs> to me yet. <laughs> Any day now, though, you'll get them. I keep trying. Star Wars merchandising truly knows no bounds. And after The Force Awakens took over women's cosmetics at CoverGirl last year, not even the makeup counter is free from getting in on the galaxy far, far away. Case in point is a new line of perfume in Europe. It's only in Europe. That comes in Jedi, Empire, and Queen Amidala fragrances, complete with lightsaber-inspired bottles. So how do you bottle up religious cults Horrifying dictatorships and an electric, uh, an, an electric. I'm having trouble talking tonight. I'm sorry. Eclectic. Eclectic or no, elected, elected, an elected monarch into smells. Well, there we go. According to German-based perfumery Lifestyle Perfumes, it involves a large quantity of citrus fruits, which features in all three of the themed fragrances. Sadly, no specifics on Amidala, just a picture that features oranges, chocolates, and vanilla, and presumably not the smell of whatever those big bulbous space cows that she and Anakin were rolling around with on Naboo were called in Attack of the Clones. Let's just all be glad there's no Jar Jar scent. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Very good point. So, okay, Galaxy Far, Far Away on different planets, who's to say that they have completely different smells than we have here on Earth? How do they know? How do these people know what the Jedi and the Sith and all the people from the Star Wars universe smells like? Well, well, you see, uh, they smell like space raspberries and space cherries and <laughs> space fruit. Mm. Just like the space minutes that are on their, uh, on their clocks. See, you add space onto anything, and it just makes it science. It automatically makes it science fiction. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I'm gonna read my space comic book. What? <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, uh, it, geeks will buy anything, and and they know that. So uh, you know, wh- why not? There, there was an eau de toilette. Uh, for Spider-Man at one point that Marvel put out, I think back in the mid 2000s. So yeah, you could you could smell like anybody. Well, okay. So fandom is really big. Like if you were like dating somebody or your wife or husband was like really into Star Wars, they would love this for like an an not maybe not an anniversary present, but you know a birthday or some other small occasion, right? I mean, it would be they would love it. If it smelled good, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the ultimate test. Like, you, you got to be that guy who goes to Macy's, and, and hopefully they will be selling this at stores so you can actually see what it smells like before you actually, uh, you know, give it a shot. But, uh, yeah, you, you got you to know what this smells like before you spend the 30 or some odd dollars it's going to wind up uh, costing you. Yeah. My, my wife is not really a big makeup person, but when she found out that there was – there's going to be Star Trek makeup coming out for the 50th anniversary this year, and she actually wants to get some. So that's 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 the draw right there. That's the the fandom draw is you know if it's something that uh, you might slightly be interested in, then then yeah, I th- I think this will work. They 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 had Star Wars makeup for their for the for the Force Awakens. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean this is all this is all connected, man. <laughs> All right, so just like you, Galactic Netcast has bills that need to get paid. Where most people have rent and utilities every month, we have website and audio hosting. Please consider helping us out with with ours by going to this website. Jot this URL down or just type it into your browser right now. It's gncasts, G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com slash support gncasts.com slash support. On that page, you'll find links to both our Patreon campaign where you can make a recurring monthly pledge. 
But if you shop shop on Amazon, click on our affiliate link, which gives you uh, which whatever you buy on Amazon through that link, a small percentage goes to help us with those costs that I mentioned. And uh, real quick, Patreon, all we're asking for is like a dollar donation. We don't we don't need like a five dollar subscription or whatever or a membership fee. All the stuff that we do is free. We just ask if you have that little extra every month, please consider giving. And you can do that by going GN- to gncasts.com slash support. And totally, if you're like if you're an Amazon shopper, if you shop on Amazon, this is the cool this is the easiest way to help us out because you're not giving any extra. What we're doing is we're offering you that link. You go there, you click on it, then you do your normal Amazon shopping, and just that 3% comes back to us, and it's uh, it's brilliant. So gncasts.com slash support is the place to go. Dave? Huh? Dave? Huh? Hey, Dave, what's the question? All right, time for the portion of this podcast where we ask our panelists and our guest a uh, deep-thinking question. Well, sometimes it's not deep. This one's kind of deep, but not. It's uh, it could be deeper. But we're not going to go that deep this time. You guys ready for the question? I, I'm I'm ready to go halfway deep. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So if you could uh, time travel with the guarantee of coming back, but didn't know where your destination was going to be, would you go? Okay. This is actually a two part question. There's that one, and then for your second trip. Okay, you make that first trip. If you could determine the destination, where would where would that be? So you, you got the time machine right in front of you. First trip, you have no idea where you're going to go or when you're going to go, but you're guaranteed to come back. Do you go? And then if you go, the second time around, you can actually put coordinates in. Where would you go? Hmm. Who wants to go uh, first? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Uh, no. Quick question: Am I going to be writing what once went wrong while while traveling through the uh, uh, time? Because I mean that that could be interesting if I know for certain that you know via the quantum leap accelerator that I can make it back safely. I I'd be I'd be down with that. No, you're not going to be Sam Beckett. You're not going to be jumping into somebody else's body. You're not going to have Al and his what he had. What was his uh, Twiggy? Was the computer name Ziggy? Ziggy. Ziggy. Okay, <laughs> Twiggy. That was. Uh, Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was actually a Stephen Colbert bit uh, on on last night's Late Show uh, with uh, Scott Bakula and Quantum Leap. Uh, oh, sweet. Trying to change, change time and uh, stop uh, Sam Beckett from uh, making Donald Trump happen. But uh... <laughs> I thought you were going to say stop uh, st- stop him from uh, agreeing to be on Star Trek Enterprise. Hey, I, I I am still of the theory that the entire time that we see that captain it is in actuality Sam Beckett leapt into the body of a Starfleet captain. But that's that's just my opinion. No, it's a good theory. <laughs> Very good theory. Uh, as as for the the time travel thing, yeah, I'm 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 down with it. I mean, especially like I said, especially if I'm guaranteed a safe trip back. Uh, no, then no, no, no I, I'm the, totally up. It's not safe. It said you're guaranteed to come back. In what mm. form or what shape you're going to be in is not guaranteed. Safety is not guaranteed, as that movie title says. I'd still do it. <laughs> I'd, I'd still do it. I'm, I'm, I'm enough of an alternate reality time travel guy. Uh, yeah, I am I am totally down with that. The first fandom I was ever into was uh, was Sliders, and before that I watched Quantum <sighs> Leap as a kid. So I'm, I'm totally down with, uh, with uh, time travel. Man, Sliders, I would love if they, if they uh, did a new version of that some, in some, some, some way. That would be awesome. I, I would totally be down with that as as long as we don't have to deal with any season four shenanigans because uh, that was that was painful as a fan of the show. Was see was season four the one where they had the um, the Neanderthal version of human beings? The the Chromags the were introduced, Chromags. yeah, and, and and that was the first Sci-Fi Channel season, and that's when uh, 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 Jerry O'Connell. Forced the producers to bring his uh, his his brother on. That's right, and uh, it it was not very good. Shockingly, season five was was actually really good, really much better, uh, and it didn't have any O'Connell in it at all. So, oh. <laughs> all right. So, second part of the question: You come back, you want to go again this time? Oh, you figured out I can put coordinates in. Where do you go, Ian? Uh, 
I would probably go to uh, whenever it was that Babe Ruth called his shot. Oh, uh, as as a as a lifetime Yankee fan, uh, I, I feel like that would that would be something I'd love to be able to witness in in person. Good answer, very good answer. All right, um, so Brad, what's your what's your answers? What are you going to do here? Well, since you put uh, strings on the whole, if you could go back in time and. Uh, you get a guarantee of coming back, but you don't know how you're going to come back. Uh, no, I would not go. Okay, okay. I'm going to change it up a little bit. You're in the room with Ian. Ian mm-hmm. time travels. <laughs> and, and he comes back. He's like, Brad, it's amazing. It was awesome. You should totally go. Would you do it then if you, if you see him come back safely? Yes, then I would. Okay. Brad, I totally have all my limbs. Nothing is missing at all. You should totally go back in time. <laughs> I'd have to give you a, a pat down just to make sure you didn't have, like, you know, cyber limbs or, you know, yeah. <laughs> I went run a the... magnet over you make sure you're not a robot or he went something. In, he went into the future, and um, his body totally – he, he – um... Got it all replaced. Yeah, definitely. You gotta check I got for that stuff. and turn into a, a T. <laughs> so okay, um, you come back. You had an amazing time wherever you went. Now you're gonna go again. Um, where do you put the coordinates in for? And when? Uh, where? When? I would put the coordinates for thirty years into the future, Ooh. and I, I would want to see how things are for my son. Oh, okay. Cool. That's a great answer. I think that's the best answer ever. Sorry, Ian. <laughs> Yours was good, but his was better. <laughs> it's okay. Mine was significantly less schmaltzy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So um, we would love your answers, dear listeners. Uh, let us know by uh, emailing geeks at gncasts.com, geeks at gncasts.com. You can also call our voicemail number. It's area code 805-328-3966. Also on the website, gncasts.com. You can click on record a voice message, and that will be sent to us as well. Let us know what you would do in that situation. Would you travel through time? And if you got back and wanted to go again, where would you go? When would you go? Let us know. Hauntings. Sky sounds. Parallel universes. Monster sightings. The New World Order, Ghost Ships, Urban Legends, Mysterious Radio Broadcasts, and Secret Government Facilities are just a few things we've talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com weird to listen, find out more, and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. How would you like to get the latest information on what Galactic Netcast has been up to over the past month? Like, on all of our podcasts, who the guests have been, what the shows have been about, what they've discussed. Would you guys like something like that? Okay. <laughs> I played this game earlier. Yes, I would, Dave. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for playing along, Ian. <laughs> uh, so we have this uh, page on the website. It's gncasts.com slash sign up. And uh, that'll take you to a page where you can sign up for two things. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter, which is exactly what I told you it was. It's just a kind of a review of the last month's activities amongst our podcasts. And you can also sign up for our Slack team. We have a Slack uh, channel where you can uh, you can chat with Brad uh, on Thursday afternoon when he's got nothing going on at work. If if he's there, he'll say, "Hey, hi, you. Thanks for." Yeah. The 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 secret is uh, our where I work. We use Slack. To, to talk with all the uh, the developers and the web designers, uh, so I have uh, Galactic Netcasts uh, already in there. So when somebody says something, I I know about it and I'll chime in. Wink, so. wink, say no more. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> 
So if you want to do uh, if you want to do either of those things, one or the other or both, go to gncasts.com slash sign up. gncasts.com slash sign up. Watching, reading, playing, listening, making, I, watching, reading, playing, listening, making, N, watching, reading, playing, listening, making, G. All right, time for our ings. The sci-fi related things that we've been into recently. And um Brad, hey, you're not playing um <laughs> Oh, not... I'm still playing Fallout 4, <laughs> but I'm not going to take that cop out again. Inside joke Ian. He's been uh he's been his ing for the past like 3 or 4 episodes has been Fallout 4. Yeah. Uh, you know that that's fine because uh, I I on a regular basis start a video game and I'm like yeah this is going great and then squirrel I'm off in the corner and then <laughs> like never wind up finishing it so I feel that pain. <laughs> All right, so Brad, what's your sci-fi related ing? What have you been watching, reading, listening, playing, etc.? Well, I uh, I have just as of today finished the first season of Sci-Fi Channel's show Dark Matter. It's awesome. I love it. And, you know, I thought going in that the concept might be a little bit hokey. Uh, There are times where there's more angst than a CW show. Um, But all in all, they managed to keep a great deal of suspense, a great deal of character development. uh, And it's really well done sci-fi. I have really thoroughly enjoyed the entire first season and second season starts the first episode comes out July 1st. Mm-hmm. So in the next couple of weeks here, season two of Dark Matter will start uh, airing on sci-fi. So there you go. Want to do us a favor and just kind of sum- summarize what the show's about? Uh, the show is about... Uh, a group of people who come out of uh, a form of cryostasis and they none of them know who they are. They all have amnesia and they come to find out that somebody on the ship has somehow not necessarily wiped all the memories, but one of the people has had everybody's memories kind of shoved into her head. So when she sleeps, she gets flashes of other people's lives through uh, their perspective, through their eyes. And uh, it, it's it's very interesting. And we get to see uh, a world of faster-than-light space travel, a kind of a cyberpunk or Shadowrun-esque corporations are super powerful uh, and have their own space fleets. <laughs> And uh, they are the equivalent of of governments, essentially. And uh, it's a very fascinating world. The world building and their their rules of science and how things work are very uh, consistent and uh, cohesive and logical. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful show to watch. I highly recommend it. And like I said, the first season is on Netflix now. It's cool to have a show taking place in space again. It's cool to have sci-fi not screw something up, and I'm waiting for that shoe to drop. <laughs> well, they've been they've had a pretty good record these days. Like um, the other one I was going to suggest is Killjoys, which came out mm. around the same time. I, b- my wife and I love both shows pretty much equally. Um, okay. And also, there's the um, what was the show based on the book that came out last year as well. Why am I drawing a blank? It it takes place in our solar system. There's no fast and light travel, but it's there's a there's a mystery. What's it? Do, oh, chi- ch- childhood's end. No, childhood's childhood's end was really really good, but that's okay. not it. I I forget. Uh the Expanse. The Expanse. Oh, okay, okay. Was really good. So sci-fi, it, they're on a roll. I mean, they're back doing you know pure sci-fi again. Yeah. I gotta admit, with their their new management that they have, they've seemed to have kind of righted the ship and and definitely focused more on good sci-fi. So, uh, I I really in, uh, hope to see more of their their sci-fi product uh, in the future. So. I got I gotta ask you, which which of the characters is your favorite on Dark Matter, Brad? <sighs> 
It's a toss-up. Be- you know, I like all of them for different reasons, but I guess if I had to pick... Uh, if I had to pick... My favorite character is Five, the kind of this, the, the tech geek stowaway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite actor out of the troupe is the woman who plays the android. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's really good. She's her, almost... Her delivery for the type of character or being that she's supposed to be and is not supposed to be able to do, and now there's a mystery behind that, is very nuanced and just really wonderful to watch. And it's uh, she's so deadpan, she's so deadpan that she's funny. Yes, and you know she's she's the quote unquote straight man, mm-hmm. and uh, as we all know, the straight man is usually the funnier of the two. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> is, is is anyone uh, I might be familiar with uh, like the showrunner for for this uh, for this one? Oh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, you know what? It's uh, Stargate people. Star- oh, okay. Yeah. Well, immediately I'm interested. I I, I freaking love Star Stargate. Yeah, and actually, if I recall correctly. Five, the 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 tech geek girl was actually in Stargate at mm. one point. There's okay. been a, there's been a couple of Stargate people that have guest starred. Um, David Hewlett, he, Love him. he's come on a couple of times, I believe. And Will Wheaton, yes, uh, was in the last episode. Will Wheaton, or not the the second to the last episode. Sorry. You know, maybe maybe this is not the one that's the Stargate people. Maybe it's it's um, Killjoys. I forget. It's one of one of the two is Stargate people. I think maybe it's this one. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. The creators of uh, Dark Matter are Joseph Malozzi and Paul yeah. Mully. Yeah, that's Stargate yeah. SG One people or Stargate yep. that Stargate Pro- universe. Producers of SG One in Atlantis yep. and NSGU. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So my ing is. Terminator Genesis, and I spelled it wrong on the uh, on the document. It's not... I, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> and I did not. I did not not hate it. It was. Uh, I thought it was. <laughs> so you hated it? No, I did not hate it. It didn't suck as bad as you thought it would. Yes. yes. Okay. It, it was. It was watchable. Yeah. <laughs> Some days that's all you can hope for. No, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, it wasn't. I don't think it was as good as the first either. I don't think it was. It was good or better than the first two Terminator movies. What was the third one? Third one was. Anyone? Uh, was wasn't that just Terminator Three? Uh, Ju- no. Was it yeah, that's that was the one with the female, wasn't it? With the, yes, the female yes. Terminator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, right, right before the Christian Bale one. That was that was that was Terminator three. I think this one was better than three and the one with Christian Bale. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked I liked the Christian Bale one uh, probably a lot more than than I was supposed to. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it was better than Terminator three for me. I, I I felt like that they were you know trying to reset things. And uh, write write the ship a little bit, but I guess it just wasn't popular enough to to keep with that general uh, Terminator storyline. Did have you either of you seen Genesis? No, nah. no. Okay, well it's on it's on Netflix. If you okay, want to check cool. it out, so yeah, it's um it's a great next Netflix movie because you're not spending any extra to see it. So the guilt you have no guilt involved. If it's bad, that's okay. I was this close to watching the Fantastic Four. But this one, Ooh, this one won out, uh, and and that is supposed to be pronounced fan four stick, by the way. Uh, that's <laughs> really? that's how I refer. That's how I refer to it on on comic timing is is fan four stick. I can't call that Fantastic Four. It's it's just such a departure. Okay, fan four stick. All right, I'll remember that when I actually get around to watching it. Um, the only thing that I thought really suffered in this was there was a lot going on. It was too complicated at times. Like it was because they played with the timeline. It it they almost did a Star Trek J.J. Abrams Star Trek, let's reboot the universe uh, because it starts with John Connor sending. I'm drawing a blank as to the character's name. Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese back to the timeline or to to the time of the original movie, but then Sarah Connor comes in when he goes back in time. 
Sarah Connor comes in and goes, come with me if you want to live. And you're like, oh, crap, there's something going on here. Um, so the timeline changes and Judgment Day gets bumped up to 2016 for obvious reasons, because you can't have Judgment Day in, what, 1997? That was, that was the original date. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and 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 by the way, uh, I mean that's sort of the entire like conceit of the Terminator franchise is that Judgment Day always winds up changing. Every single movie, the <laughs> the, the date of it changes. What was it in the first one? Ooh, I I, I I don't quite remember, but it was definitely like in the nineties or like the early two thousands. Okay, the the one cool thing. Well, there's a bunch of cool things in this movie, but one of the cool things was. The new Terminator, which was not the liquid metal, but there was another one, the new one that was it, it formed differently than the liquid metal, and it was pure Skynet. It was like tied into Skynet when all the other Terminators basically weren't. And spoiler alert: Skynet is um, the eleventh Doctor. <laughs> it's uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith huh. is is the is Skynet. He's the embodiment of Skynet, and it was weird to hear him speak in a in an American accent or a North American accent. Interesting. Uh, see, I have Matt Smith on the brain because I found out that he was the uh, the guy who uh, wound up playing the part uh, uh, in uh, the American Psycho, uh, the musical in in the UK. Because uh, I saw the one in the US uh, right before it closed and. Uh, Matt Smith is using his best uh, American accent uh, on the soundtrack to the uh, to the UK version. It's just it throws you off. It's like I, I know it's Matt Smith, but but it's not quite Matt. It's like the guy I used to watch House, the TV show House, and one of the surgeons on House went on to play a fireman in Chicago Fire. I love Chicago Fire. But he has an English, he, he has an American accent in Chicago Fire, and it threw me off for the longest time. But I've gotten so used to it that if I were to go back and watch House, that would screw with me the other way. Oh, you're right. That, the guy who played Chase, right? Yeah. Uh, on, on House. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the way I feel about Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent. I feel like he's doing Hugh Laurie's House accent. <laughs> you know what's interesting? If you, uh, Matt Smith in Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies redeems that movie. Really? One hundred percent. I'll have to. Uh, I'll, is do you know if that's on any streaming service yet? Uh that is a very good question, Dave. Well, I. And it I, looks like the original Judgment Day was uh, July twenty ninth, two thousand and four, in the first movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's hit streaming yet because it did. It came out uh, not too long. Ago, okay. Yeah. It's, it's probably pretty close to it. It's pretty recent, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's not on Netflix. I'm gonna check Amazon real quick. All right. Out, out of curiosity, how's the uh, CGI in the Arnold versus Arnold fight? Oh, it was brilliant. It was great. It was really like you couldn't. There was a few moments where you're like, okay, that's definitely not real Arnold, but it's hardly noticeable. Like it's it's like watching Arnold from 1984. It's pretty cool. Nice. If you have Amazon Prime Video, you can watch Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Oh, oh fantastic. Sweet. Okay. You can rent it for five ninety nine. All right. See, I, I, and, you, and you know what's actually even funnier about all this is that, uh, so Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, the guy who plays <laughs> Abraham Lincoln is the guy who was uh, the lead of American Psycho, the musical in the U.S., and Matt <laughs> Smith is in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and he was the lead of American Psycho in the U.K., Weird. So, we're we're all connected here. Yeah. All right. So that's my ing, uh, Terminator Genesis. Ian, what's yours? So uh, I've got I've got two for you. Uh, my my reading uh, is uh, all of DC Rebirth so far, uh, because like I said earlier on in the episode, uh, I I kind of was turned off to DC for a while. The new Fifty Two was just not doing it for me. All the Preach it, brother. Yeah. All. The, <laughs> I stuck with it longer than I thought I was going to, but I realized I had like an entire year's worth of comics just sitting there waiting to be read. And yep. rather than rather than read them, I just got rid of them. I, I sold them off to go uh, go uh, to Wild Pig Comics in Kenilworth, New Jersey. I uh, kept them, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I was in the same boat. I, yes, nope, I was done. 
<laughs> I uh, if I ever do want to wind up going back, I'll wind up getting the trades uh, from the like the Brooklyn Public Library or something like that. I just I I didn't see a reason to keep them lying around, and I I'd sort of given up on it. And I I read like one or two convergence things here or there because they seem kind of cool. And when I heard they were bringing Legacy back to the DC universe, I was intrigued with Rebirth and. I read issue one and I was blown away. I, I I'm a Jeff Johns fan, but he hadn't really been doing it for me the last couple of years. And the Rebirth felt like a 2008 DC comic. Like it felt like all 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 of what I loved about DC before was trying to be brought back. A little bit of a curveball at the end there with the. I mean, I might as well spoil it because it's been spoiled all over the internet anyway. The whole Watchmen shift is. Yeah. Uh, weird <laughs> you know they've played so many cards i really think that that was probably the most brilliant and interesting card they could have played at this point i i agree and you know somewhere uh alan moore is rolling over oh he's, he's gotta be he's, yeah. yeah he's, he's alive but he's rolling over in his grave he's dry heaving nails through his skin pores right now he's so angry <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But but all all that matters is that my Wally West is back. I <laughs> I grew up on Flash comics with Wally. I'm a Kyle Rayner kid. I, I I started reading comics in the '90s, so sue me. Sure. Uh, yeah. But but uh, but you know all this. All, I was so disappointed when Wally West got replaced the way he did in in the New Fifty Two. I'm all for diversity in comics, but forced diver- diversity. I'm not that big a fan of, and I felt like that was tr- that was what they were trying to do with Wally. And uh, now I have my Wally back, and, and we have uh, you know the uh, the uh, the Black Wally as as another alternative as Kid Flash, and that's perfectly fine. Um, the rest of the rebirth birth books that have come out so far, I read Batman. Actually, just finished it, reading it uh, tonight. Tom King is a superstar. Hmm. I mean, every single thing I've been reading of him of late has been great. If you guys have not read the Vision series coming out of Marvel. Oh, yeah, I you know I it's one of those things where I really want to want to read it, but I have a feeling it's gonna be like watching for me watching Sid and Nancy. I watched it once and I cannot watch it again because mm. one I know the story, I know how it ends, and it's absolutely freaking awful. And I know from what I've seen in the Vision comic that. It's just a downward slide, yeah. and it's like good intentions gone horribly wrong. But it's something that at one point in time I will read, but I'm gonna have to like binge read it like really fast, like tearing off a bandaid because <laughs> it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt a lot. You're gonna get that chance soon because now that Tom King is DC exclusive, uh, his arc—I don't know if they're gonna continue it afterwards—is gonna end with issue 12. So it's going to be collected. You know it's going to be collected as one giant hardcover at some point with all 12 issues in it. It is fantastic. And what they're introducing here with the the Batman uh, universe is that uh, Batman has a new sidekick, uh, uh, only it's uh, it's not uh, a Robin this time around. He's going with something quote-unquote new. And uh, the the character that they bring in is one that was introduced in Scott Snyder's run. I believe his name is Luke. Uh, Again, because I hadn't been reading... Uh, DC Comics in a while. It's hard for me to remember all the names, but uh, he's he's bringing brought on. Uh, he's got this uh, bright yellow Batman outfit. Uh, that's I think he's going to be going by the name of Sparrow. If, I'm, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay, but, yeah, I think I read something about that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it you know it's a, it's a cool uh, new take on it, and we'll see where that goes. But uh, the first non-rebirth issue of Batman introduces uh, Gotham, and I believe Gotham Lady into it, and I'm betting that this is Owlman, sorry, not Owlman, but Night Owl and Silk Spectre. Uh, if, if they're introducing the Watchmen characters in, yeah. it all makes sense. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm going that route, and, I, and everything about it has is, is got me interested. Uh, the Flash Rebirth might as well have been called DC Rebirth number two, because it continued the story of that with Wally and Barry... You know, coming over, and uh, the art was really good, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go. And my favorite of the bunch, again, because I'm a 90s kid, was uh, Detective Comics Rebirth, which hmm. introduces the concept of Batman and Batwoman training a new generation of, uh, of you know, Bat kids uh, to, I guess, better themselves, because there's a group out to try to destroy all of Gotham's heroes. Hmm. 
and you've got Red Robin, yum, uh, as uh, <laughs> as as one of the characters, you know, to Tim Drake, my my Robin. Yeah. Uh, uh, spoiler, uh, what used to be Cassandra came Batgirl, who's now I believe called Orphan, and uh, weirdly enough, Clayface uh, as as the as the fourth character in there that they're trying to I guess train to become, uh, you know, the protector huh. of Gotham. Interesting. So, yeah, very interesting. I'm um, I'm intrigued as to where this is gonna go. So yeah, been yeah, very very happy. There's been so many clay faces though. <laughs> Which one is it? The actor Clayface. Uh, oh. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my. Okay. Yep. So because because they make that clear in in the issue uh, that because uh, he he goes to sit down he breaks out of Arkham just so he can sit down and watch one of his old films uh, because uh, because he, he's you know reminiscing on days gone by and he, and he says to that woman and, and that man like I'm not going to fight you I'll just I'll, I'll go back to Arkham just let me sit down for 88 minutes and watch my old self and uh, instead Batman's like I got an offer for you let's let's redeem you let's let's get you back into the world huh. yeah very very interesting so I'm I'm very intrigued to see what this is going to wind up going yeah, very I- cool stuff you know, I, I and I, we had this discussion, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to take up too much more time, Dave. Uh, we had this discussion of, you know, I, I was lamenting DC, and and you know, I, I'm 45, so people are like, oh, you really like the, uh, you know, stuff for the 80s, and the, you know, and I'm like, no, the stuff that they were doing in the mid 2000s was was really good, yep. and I don't mind change, you know, like the 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 52 series, which to me like brought back like the concept of the multiverse and they could have stopped there but then they rebooted the universe and it felt like they rebooted it again and now they're rebooting it again and it's like you need to uh, this needs to be it now yeah. you need to now you you you've identified that the change that you made was the wrong course to take and it looks like some people are probably going to be losing their jobs um <laughs> cough cough bob harris cough cough yeah it's it's not looking good yeah. um but you know it, the thing that i really didn't like about the new 52 besides i love the flash and i would read the flash that anybody writes but i had to stop because it just it stopped making sense and being interesting to me but the other thing that i didn't like is they really didn't have the legion of superheroes and the legion of superheroes is a series that i don't care who writes it I will probably buy it unless somebody write. They brought back Jim Shooter to do it, and I had to stop because it was terrible. Um, that's the only time that I stopped. But um, but you know it was like they were gone, and then they yeah. to me were like the hope of the future, and it, it just made me sad that they were gone. So it'll be interesting because it sounds like they're bringing them back again. Yep, they're bringing them back. They're bringing Justice Society of America back. They're bringing back all these concepts that have been gone for so long, and I'm I'm thrilled. And I want them to bring back Copper from the Metal Men because mm. Copper was awesome. <laughs> In the styles. I'm going to start a Copper fan club is what I'm going to do. You should, Brad. You should. That, it, was a, it was a great character. It was a great counterbalance because Platinum just was terrible and kind of me at certain points. And it was nice to have a rounded other female character in the group. So they kind of had it together. So the, the the other the other thing I wanted to bring up uh, that I that I've been doing I I was attending a a convention see how I did the English yes good job uh, Ian <laughs> uh, this this last weekend I was I was at Anime Next in uh, in Atlantic City New Jersey oh um it's uh, the first time it's ever taken place in Atlantic City uh, it was previously in Somerset and before that in Secaucus New Jersey so they uh, they've really stepped themselves up even further and are trying to. Uh, Make the convention uh, bigger and better, and uh, this it was it was excellent. Uh, the Atlanta City Convention Center is is huge. It's got so much more space than they used this year, so they're going to have major chance for advancement and a uh, whole lot of fun panels. Some great cosplay. I got to run a few panels. I did the American Animation, Adult Swim Revolution, and American Comics for Manga Fans panels uh, all while I was out there. And uh, yeah, great crowd, uh, fun time, and. White House Subs is the best damn sub shop I've ever been to in my life. So <laughs> it all it all was a, was a great time. Make a note of that. <laughs> Where how readily available are they? Uh, they're they're only in Atlantic City. So, oh, uh, if you yeah, if you if you ever wind up visiting Atlantic City, they got two locations. They got one <laughs> okay. uh, about three blocks down from the convention center, and one in the in the Taj Mahal, 
Uh, that's open till 4 a.m. So that you know, if, if you're if you're wandering around Atlantic City and you've got a, a, like a hankering for a, a 2 a.m. sub, walk over to the Taj Mahal on the boardwalk and uh, get yourself one. Maybe we can do that that episode of Mash where they uh, they ordered in um, some restaurant back in Toledo. I think they ordered some food to to Korea. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, I actually we I I ate there once. Um, Shoot, now I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it's it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember uh. it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and for that matter, the American Comics for Manga Fans panel that I did will be coming out uh, both uh, as a podcast and as a YouTube video uh, once I uh, get down to editing together all the slides I did and, and the audio I recorded. So Tony Pacos. Okay. Where can people find that stuff, Ian? Uh, you can find uh, all, all my stuff at comictiming.net, and uh, I'm also youtube.com slash scarymonkeyshow uh, if you if you want to check me out there. Uh, that's my old handle for, for years. I don't know. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Invader Zim, man. I don't watch the scary monkey show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, for more on this podcast, including show notes, contact info, and more, go to gncasts.com slash geeks. You can subscribe to this podcast. We have a a page with all the links, okay? You don't have to go anywhere else. Just go to gncasts.com slash subscribe. But if you are on iTunes, if you're on Stitcher, Google Play Music, or anywhere else where podcasts are offered, just look for the Sci-Fi Geeks Club. Again, Ian Levenstein, thank you again for being a guest this week on the Sci-Fi Geeks Club. You were awesome. thank you. Hey, thank you. My my pleasure. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, I am Sci-Fi on Twitter and also in the Tadpool if you're a Frog Pants person. All right. Nice. Cool. You've been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. I am Dave Nelson on behalf of Brad, Gregor, Corey, Matt, Bye, Dave. Anessa, and Ian. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye, Dave. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about this show and others, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.